Hello everyone, this is Pastor Jay Tyler from Holt Assembly of God, and I want to thank you for joining me for this broadcast of Life in the Spirit. Here in just a moment, you'll be listening to a message that I recently shared with our church family at Holt Assembly of God. Today I want to talk to you about three days from the crucifixion of Jesus to his resurrection. I pray that you are challenged, blessed, and encouraged as you hear the Word of God shared in this message. I was thinking about all this, uh, the virus, the pandemic, you know, all that it it causes and the social distancing and how the effect that it might have on the church after, after this is all over. And I was reminded of a story uh, that I heard about a man who only attended church on Easter and Christmas. And here, this is how the story goes. Uh, one Sunday morning at the close of service, the pastor stood by the rear exit of the door, shaking hands with people as they left the building. All of a sudden, the pastor grabs the man by the hand, pulls him aside and says to the man, you need to join the army of the Lord. The man replied, Pastor, I'm already in the army of the Lord. The pastor questioned, but I only see you at church on Christmas and Easter. The man whispered back, I'm in the secret service. Today, we're taking advantage of meeting together online, but remember, it's a temporary solution, and none of you are in the secret service. I already called the president. Just remember, the, the list is, is out. You're not on it, so uh, you need to be with us as soon as you can. So uh, I think what we'll have is this. We'll have a, a greater appreciation uh, for our times of worship uh, when all this is over. We're going to start the message today, and we're going to start in Romans chapter 8. And uh, I really love this verse because it just, it's a powerful verse. It speaks a powerful truth. In Romans chapter 8, verse 11, I'm going to read the first half of the verse, uh, and then I'll read the second half of the verse later. But the first half of the verse says this, but if, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. That word if is so important because it causes us to pause and ask this question. Does the Holy Spirit live in me? Does the Holy Spirit live in me? Why is that so important? Well, just remember what Jesus said. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then later on in Romans chapter 8, Paul says this. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. So it's a very important question that if is so important to answer for yourself. Am I born again? Is the Spirit of God living in me? So after you receive Jesus as Lord, we, we understand this. We experience new birth. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And this is my hope that at, by the close of this message, Everyone listening to this message will be able to say, yes, Jesus is my Lord. I'm born again and the Holy Spirit lives in me. So if the Holy Spirit lives in you, here's what you have living on side. You say, well, I got the Holy Spirit living in me. Yes, you do. But you have resurrection power living inside you. The same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and he gives life to your mortal body. So what does that tell us? It tells us this, that we can experience resurrection power on a continual basis. Let's look at the second half now of Romans chapter 8, verse 11. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. So the same Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead also gives life to your mortal bodies. Easter, see, Easter is a day that is celebrated. And thank God we can celebrate it. But Easter really should remind us that we should really experience the resurrection power of Jesus on a continual basis. Jesus invites us to experience his resurrection 
so that we can demonstrate his power. His power can, can flow through us and he can live his life through us. So many of the people in this world, they're trying to, to live their life void of the Holy Spirit and wonder why they feel so unfulfilled. And if that's you, you need to experience new birth. You need to experience resurrection power. You know, many people live their life and they desire to, to live a life that's different because what they're living is not what they see in Scripture. See, there's a, there's a promise to us. And what I want to do is help you kind of close the gap between the life that you're living and the life that we see promised in God's Word. So I want to show you something in the Easter story and that might help you kind of experience the, the closing of that gap. Resurrection power, the power of God in your life. Just closing the gap between the life you're living versus the life that God's promised. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the last three days of Holy Week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and they're going to serve as an example for us. So each day is going to represent something. So Friday, is, it's really easy. Friday is a simple one. What does Friday represent for us? Well, Friday was a day of suffering. And think about the suffering of Jesus that he endured on a day we call Good Friday. Jesus was beaten. He had his beard pulled from his face. He was flogged. The, the, the beating itself almost killed him. He was forced to wear a crown of thorns, forced to carry his cross, and until he was unable to carry himself any further because he just had no strength within him. And then he was crucified on that very cross. So Friday was a day of suffering for Jesus. And when we think of that time that God chooses in, in human history, why did God choose that time? Why does, why does God, when he, he looks through the, the beginning to the end, why did he choose this time? Because in this time, corporal punishment is perhaps the most brutal uh, than any other time. Today, if Jesus comes and he dies for our sins, he dies by lethal injection. But God has a plan. God chose that time specifically for a reason. 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, under the, the occupation of, of the Roman government, people died in horrific ways, and they suffered in many ways, and Jesus suffered at this time. Jesus, Jesus suffered through his day of pain so that he can help us through our day of pain. Jesus suffered his day of pain so that he can help us through our day of pain. Because you'll, if you'll remember what God's Word says, in this life, we will experience trouble. In this life, we'll experience pain. So what kind of pain did Jesus suffer? Well, number one, he suffered physical pain. And I'm not going to go too deep into this because we know the story. We know the violence. But he suffered unimaginable pain and torture. And none of us can really identify with that pain, but he suffers it on our behalf. You know, think about this. When you, you are in an illness and you're dealing with an illness, and that illness is prolonged, it can be very difficult, not only in your body, but also on your mind and your entire being, that the pain that you experience just radiate through your entire being. And what happens is you often feel isolated and you feel like the pain has separated you from God's love. But the truth is nothing can separate you from the love of God. You know, Hebrews 13:5 says this, for he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So even in your pain, Jesus will not leave you or forsake you. In fact, he can sympathize with you because he's endured suffering and pain. And he promises this, that while you suffer, while you deal with pain, that he suffers with you. He understands and he suffers alongside with you. So number two, 
Jesus suffered emotional pain. I think whenever we watch the movies that kind of portray the death of Jesus, uh, we get the, the reality of the harshness of the, the violence that, that he experiences. But I think the, the sorrow is something that these, these movies don't really pick up on. And Jesus, it says in Isaiah 53, and this is what was prophesied about him. Isaiah 53, verse 3, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Some of you are suffering inside. Everything looks good on the outside, but inside, inwardly, something's going on. Something's wrong. And what happens is this, that we have a Savior who can identify and sympathize with that pain. And Jesus did not suffer for you, suffer emotionally, but you suffer alone. Remember that he can sympathize and he can also go through that with you. So Jesus did not suffer so that you suffer alone. Jesus knows where you are and he cares for you. Number three, Jesus suffered relationally. And again, this might be another one we overlook. But what happens is Jesus comes to give his life for people and these people reject him. He's coming to give his life as a sacrifice out of love and they reject and despise him. So Jesus can, can relate to our relational pain. You know, John 1.11 says this, he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. And Jesus was fully God. So that means he embodied all the qualities of deity and he's fully man, which means he embodies all the qualities of man. So he feels every pain that we felt and he, and he feels every emotion and he suffers the same as we do. So Jesus experienced all this pain, excuse me, including a pain that's involved in, in human relationships for a reason. And again, Hebrews 4, 5, for we do not have a high priest. He's our high priest. Jesus is our high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. He understands our weaknesses, but was at all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Jesus has every emotion and every feeling that we have and he knows what it's like when people hurt him. So Jesus, think about this, has 12 followers, 12 followers, one betray him, the other 11, they end up uh, abandoning him. Well, he, he understands pain. He understands the pain of relationships. So often we go through the Fridays of life and we wonder why. Why are we suffering? And I don't want to minimize anything I just said but really that's a poor perspective. And I wanna show you why. Because when you consider the sufferings of Christ, it's a poor perspective. See, we live in a world that is experiencing the outcome of our sin. It's the consequences of sin that we live within. So our sin brought the consequences of sin into this world. Pain and death were not part of God's plan. It's something that we introduced into humanity. Remember, Jesus promised this. John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. Like Jesus, we're going to experience Fridays, days that we wish we never woke up. But another reason why God allows us to experience the Fridays of life is this. And hopefully, hopefully this can bring some comfort to you. And it's Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So God has a purpose for our suffering. And you can say, well, you know, a God that loves us, does, is it really right for a God that loves us 
to allow us to go through suffering. But let me ask you this. Why is it okay for Jesus to suffer? See, God has a plan for suffering. God had a plan for his suffering. He has a plan for our suffering. So we may not think it's right, but God has a plan for it. Again, if it was okay for Jesus, why isn't it okay for you and I? Remember, we were still sinners when Christ died for us and he suffered for us and he died for our sins. God has a plan for the sufferings of Jesus. He had a plan for the Friday of his life and he has a plan for the Fridays of our life. So if you're going through a time where you feel like you're suffering, there's a purpose. God has a plan for it. And hearing this may not release you from whatever you're experiencing, but knowing that Jesus suffered for you and with you and he'll suffer through something, a situation with you can bring you peace and it can give you comfort. And knowing our suffer, suffering has a purpose, then it, what it can do is just kind of bring that all back into place and we have a better perspective. It gives us peace and it allows us to trust God. So there is no pain that God cannot redeem. There's no pain that he cannot redeem. Just remember that. Let's go on to the second day. Let's go on to Saturday. Saturday was a day of confusion. And, and the reason why it's a day of confusion is because of the aftermath of Friday. And so many times, I'm sure, we've all experienced a Friday in our life. Something horrible has happened. They're suffering. And the next day, there's confusion. And Jesus is dead in this case. He's in the tomb still. The disciples know it's Saturday, but they don't know what's going to take place on Sunday. Even though Jesus told them on the third day I'll rise, they, they didn't get it. They didn't understand. So Saturday they're sitting around and, and they don't know what to do. The disciples were not thinking, hey guys, one more day, Sunday, he's going to rise. But they didn't have that perspective. And that's often the perspective we find ourselves in. Now they were thinking, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? See, what they're doing is they're stuck between two days. We often get stuck between two days. We have a Friday experience. We're sitting there on Saturday, but we have a hope of a Sunday. And some of us are stuck between two days. We're stuck between our problem, problem and our promise, and we have to wait. And I don't know about you, waiting is almost a cuss word. I mean, it's just, I don't like the wait. I don't know anybody who enjoys waiting. If they enjoy waiting, there's something wrong with them. But waiting can be confusing and it can be frustrating. And when we get stuck between our Friday and our Sundays, we want answers. God, why am I stuck here? Why am I going through this? I've experienced something horrific. Why can't I get past this? And so we get stuck in that, that waiting and we want answers. So God, even if you can't fix it or you're not going to fix it, give me some answers. Tell me, tell me why this is happening. We want that peace. As a pastor, that's, that's words you often hear. People come... And they'll say, why, why, why? And, and really, most of the time, you just have to answer this way. I don't know. And there are a lot of situations we're not going to know this side of eternity. Listen, I'm just going to lighten up for just a second. And there, because we, when we are waiting, we, we're just inquisitive by nature. We want to know. We want to know. And I just want you to think about this. When you get to heaven... Do you want to walk up to Adam and pull his shirt up and see if he has a belly button or not? I mean, I just want to know for myself. I mean, I don't think he does, but I just want to see for myself. And here, just give you a few others just to kind of lighten the mood up just a minute. Can a short person talk down to a tall person? All right. Uh, if a guy was about to be executed in the electric chair and he has a heart attack, do you save him? 
All right, what's, what's another word for thesaurus? All right, uh, what's the difference between normal ketchup and fancy ketchup? Uh, when French people swear, do they say, pardon my English? All right, uh, why does the Easter bunny carry eggs? I mean, rabbits don't lay eggs. So, I mean, there are some things we just, we want to know. We want to, we want to understand. But seriously, when we get confused, we want answers. We want to know why. And when we don't feel like we have answers, it creates doubt. And some of you have experienced a Friday, a Friday in your life, and you're waiting, it's Saturday, and you're waiting for Sunday to come, but you have no answers, you have no peace, and doubt begins to set in. By the way, don't feel alone if that happens to you. Don't feel like as I'm preaching, I'm sharing with you, don't feel convicted. It's normal. It takes place. I mean, if, if you think that you're alone in doubt, remember, there's a guy in the Bible that doubt is synonymous with his name, calling Thomas, right? Thomas, one of the 12 apostles, I mean, he heard Jesus was resurrected. He goes, uh-uh, no, no, I got to put my finger in the holes. You know, uh, John 20, 25, unless I see his hands, the imprints of the nails and put my finger in the place of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Doubt is common when there's uncertainty and when there's confusion. But I want you to know, despite how you feel, God is still God and he has a plan for you. So some of you are stuck between your, your Friday and your Sunday, you're in Saturday, you're waiting, you're wondering how long this will take, you know, and, and there's confusion, but you have to wait patiently. And boy, I know that's difficult for us. And you have to guard yourself. In that waiting, you have to guard yourself. I know there, there are some pastors when they hear people in their church doubting, they come down hard on them. And here's what I would say. Often it's because they've not went through a Friday. <laughs> they've not went through a Friday that, that's really shaking their core and they're waiting on Saturday. But when they do, their tune changes a little bit. So we need to lighten up sometimes and realize that life happens and people deal with doubt and confusion. You know, I used to think that the people who got depressed just needed to get over it. They needed to pray more but until I felt some depression myself. So doubt will never help you. Just remember this though. Doubt will never help you and it won't ever change a thing. It will never help you and it will never change a thing. So you have to guard your heart and your mind against doubt. Again, we're gonna experience doubt, but just guard your heart and your mind against it. Just remember what doubt can do. Doubt, if you deal with doubt too long, it can bring surrender in your life. Just think about Judas. Judas betrays Jesus. And he comes to his senses. I, I believe he feels some conviction. He, he understands the gravity of what he's done. And re, rather than going to the cross and repenting, and I believe Jesus would have fully forgave him if he had done that, in his confusion, in his doubt, he's at a loss. What does he do? He commits, he commits suicide. Think about Peter. Peter's doubt and his confusion leads him to returning to fishing. And all I'm saying is this, we have to guard our hearts and our minds when we're in Saturdays. And some of you are dealing with the Saturday of your life, you got to protect yourself. And we're stuck in a place where we're dealing with doubt and confusion, especially in a church setting. I think there's some pride that enters in, and there's some embarrassment that enters in. And that, and that shouldn't be the case. I mean, you shouldn't be in God's house with God's people and ever feel any sort of 
pride that you need to cover up your doubt because we're going to go through seasons and times where we're dealing with confusion, we're dealing with doubt. And that's when we need someone to come beside, along beside us and encourage us and say, hey, everything's going to be okay. God's got a plan. And, and so I'm just saying this, don't, don't allow yourself to be isolated by your doubts. Look what Jesus said on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I think of those words, what he's saying. God, where are you at? God, where are you at? Jesus felt forsaken. So don't feel, don't allow yourself to get isolated in your doubt and your confusion in the Saturday of your life. And I'd say this, if you feel that way, you're in good company, but God doesn't want you to stay there because there is a promise of a Sunday. I feel like isolated does this to us. It isolates us and then fear sets in. And then when we're in fear, we just do all kinds of, of crazy things. So whenever you feel distant from God, and this is what I would really encourage you to do, because when you're dealing with a Saturday, you can feel isolated from God. God, where are you at? Where are you at? Where's the promise that you promised? So what we need to do, we feel this, this distance setting in between God and ourselves. This is what we need to do. We need to run to God. I mean, it's kind of counterintuitive, but it's exactly what we need to do. You know, the psalmist admits in Psalm 73, he writes about his confusion. He can't understand why, why the wicked, why they prosper and why do the righteous, why do they suffer? But look what he says. He, he goes down through the psalm and he comes to this place. Verses 16 to 17. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me until, until I went into the sanctuary of God and I found and understood their, their end. So when he got into the presence of God, he got a peace, he got clarity. So the promise, the, the psalmist received that clarity when he ran into the presence of God. So if you're sitting in the Saturday of your life, and I know again, it's counterintuitive, God, you feel like you're further and further away, you need to close the gap. You need to run close and get close to God. So that's exactly how you'll experience that comfort and peace that you need to get through to that Sunday. So when we draw closer to God, in the midst of our troubles, he will draw closer to us. That's what he promises us. So there is no confusion that God's presence cannot calm. There is no confusion that God's presence cannot calm. Let's go on to day number three. And day number three, well, that's the day we want to celebrate. That's, this is what it's all about, is celebrating day number three. And some of you are one sunrise away from experiencing resurrection power. You're one sunrise away from experiencing God's promises and God's blessings in your life. See, not only did, did Jesus offer his life, given his, his life, but he offers to give us life into the dead areas of our lives. There's resurrection power. See, he gives life to our mortal bodies. Remember that. Yes, we have a promise of a resurrection, but it goes beyond that because you have the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead living inside of you. Resurrection power. Look what he says in John eleven twenty five and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I, I am the resurrection and the life. Not me, Jesus. But he said this to this woman. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And I don't know about you, I believe it. I believe God's word. Why? Because I've experienced resurrection power in my own life. Areas that were dead that God has brought life into. So there's no death his power cannot resurrect. There is no death that his power 
cannot resurrect. What do I mean by that? Your marriage, it might be dead. Your marriage might be on life support. God can breathe life into your marriage. He can bring that back to life. You may have a family relationship that's strained. You know, Jesus can breathe life back into that relationship. You may be dealing with something like depression, where you just feel like you're at death's door emotionally. Jesus can breathe life back into your situation. There's nothing, there's no death, there's no situation that that his, his life, his resurrection life, his power cannot touch and bring back to life. So the world will try to destroy you. But Jesus is trying to give us life. There will be Fridays. There will be Saturdays. But there will be Sundays. And remember, that's the promise that we have. There is resurrection power available to all of our dead situations. There is nothing beyond his scope and reach. We just got to believe. We got to put our faith and trust in him when we're in our Fridays, when we're in our Saturdays. Because Sunday is coming. And if Jesus is your Savior and you're born again, you have resurrection life within you. And the same, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will live in you. You'll have resurrection power living in you. He's for you. He's not against you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll give life to your mortal body. These are promises that we have in his resurrection verifies that. So the verse, the verse I think that brings balance between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is this, and it's in Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 through 11. It says, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. This is the part we don't like. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Verse 11, so that one way or the other, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. What's that tell us? Tells us this, that, that Paul understood there'd be a Friday, there'd be a Saturday, but praise God, there'd be a Sunday. Remember, there's no resurrection without a death. There has to be a death in order for there to be a resurrection. There is no healing without a sickness. In order for us to be healed, we must have a sickness. There's no brokenness without completion. If God wants to complete something, bring peace, there has to be a brokenness that he's bringing completion to. So Paul says, I want to know Christ. And that's an all-encompassing knowing. I want to know Christ in order to experience his resurrection, in order to experience the Sunday of life, his resurrection power. And you've got to know him personally. One of the blessings about, of, of living in the South is this, our openness towards the things of God. Unfortunately, it's also our curse. Because with our familiarity with the things of God, we often think about Jesus, that we know about Jesus, and that gives us a false sense of security. So what I'm trying to tell you is this, you must experience resurrection power. It's not knowing about resurrection power. You must experience resurrection power. That will close the gap on a lot of things. For those of you who are not born again, that's the deal break. That's the deal maker. That when you experience Jesus and you truly experience and you know him and you have resurrection life within you, you don't feel so hollow and empty and void. But if you're, if you're born again and you have the Spirit of God in you, I just want to remind you, resurrection power is in you. Sunday is coming. Sunday is coming. Don't lose sight of that. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. So today I want to challenge you first with this. Know Jesus. Know him. Experience his resurrection power in your life. Say, well, how do I do that? What you need to do is give your life to Jesus. 
So before we participate together in the Lord's Supper, I want to give you an opportunity to experience new birth. And I don't care what church you attend or, or how long you've attended church. I don't even care if you've been baptized. See, I'm asking you one simple question. It's really the question that Jesus posed to Nicodemus. Are you born again? See, it's not a matter of what you've done. Are you born again? Does the Spirit of God live in you? See, only you can answer that. I can't answer that for you. So know for sure that I'm born again. How do I know that I'm born again? The Holy Spirit lives in you. You'll know if someone's living inside of you. When you confess Jesus as your Savior, and you truly surrender yourself to God, you truly surrender your life to Jesus, what happens is the heart, your heart opens up and the, the Holy Spirit is able, then you invite him into your life. You're able to receive the Holy Spirit. But until that happens, you're not born again. So today, give your life to Jesus. I would just suggest that you surrender yourself to him and you'll experience resurrection power. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this broadcast of Life in the Spirit. I hope this message was a blessing to you. If you are looking for a church home, I want to encourage you to come and worship with us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Or join us Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. for our family night. We have ministry opportunities for all ages, children, youth, and adults. Holt Assembly of God is located at 543rd Avenue in Holt, Florida. If you'd like to find out more information about our church, you can find us on the web at www.holtag.org or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. Our phone number is 850-537-8351. Until our next broadcast of Life in the Spirit, may God bless you as you serve the Lord Jesus with a grateful heart.